Howdy, and welcome to episode 12 of the FPL Jingle. Uh, we have a nice... It's not few- episode 12. Episode 9. It's not? It is. What? Is that- no, it's, it's episode 9. We haven't hit double digits at the yet. top. Oh, wow. Why did I think 12? Do you know what? I it's, don't even... It's game week 12. That, 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 that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. I'm not, I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to bother restarting and getting. No, the right we week. absolutely are restarting. No, no, no. We're in. We're in now. You might no. have guessed we have a guest so far. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're now. doing it. We're doing it. Uh, no. Coming up this week, we have uh, a special guest. Um, not just a disappointed Stephen. We have a few funny news stories with three or four from the weekend and the week that's been. Uh, we're going to look ahead at the Premier League weekend that's to come, which is Game Week 12, not Game Week 12, Episode 9. So, um, how are you, Stephen? Disappointed on <laughs> is an understatement. Why? Oh, for God's sake. I hear you're loving it. I, I felt like I had to jump in because of all the people that would have been listening to this episode and going like, wait, did I miss three episodes? What the fuck happened? Like... Yeah, oh, there's ghost episodes God. there that they'll be disappointed about. Um, yeah, they'll never see the light of day, yeah. How was your weekend? Uh, yeah, it wasn't too bad. It was my dad's birthday on Monday, so I was back up in Dublin um, with him for the weekend. We were went out, shot a few balls in the driving range, watched the Ireland match. Great match, by the way. Great to win over the All Blacks. And then went out for dinner. And yeah, happy Jeez. out. Great birthday weekend. How old was is Jerry, your dad's name? Yeah, yeah, that's my dad's name, yeah, yeah fair play. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, oh, fuck, I'm going to get this wrong now. He's 64 now. 64. Nice square yeah. age. Is it square? It is square. Um, oh, that's nice. That's a great part of the weekend, fair play to you. How was your weekend anyway? Uh, nice. Well, like in the Netherlands, the lockdown has kind of started in that the restaurants and pubs and things close at 8. So we got the last night of it Friday night. We went into the Irish pub. Saw live music, had a nice few nice few points. And we went into a casino afterwards where I won a fiver. Well I won fifteen and then I lost a tenner. So What game were yeah. you playing? Uh roulette. I was just betting on red and black. Ah and I've boring. done some research since. Um <laughs> on roulette. Yeah, yeah. Well I'll, the a lot a lot of the members of the league are coming to Amsterdam this coming weekend and I'm hoping to get into a casino again. So uh, oh, I've been doing a little bit of reading up on me. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, surprise, we have a guest this week. Uh, maybe he'd like to introduce himself. Hey, how's it going? I'm Carl. Uh, I've been in the league for two years. I live in the same house as Stephen. And I came second overall last year. And you're an alcoholic. Um, and sometimes I'm an alcoholic. Uh, fun fact for you, researching the rules of roulette. Uh, the guy who invented it killed himself because he couldn't beat the system. He couldn't beat the game. Well, it's very obvious, isn't it? So. You know, you've 35 to 1, then there's the extra zero. Shall we do a podcast about roulette? <laughs> yeah, this is kind of what we're segueing <laughs> into, really, aren't we? I think it's there. It's just, just something I happen to pick up on my travels. Yeah, nice. so, yeah, no, I, know, I know the odds are against you. But maybe we should look at Connell's team. Um, would you like to walk us down through your draft? Yeah, so um, let's see. In order, I suppose I was, uh, you know, I was one of the stronger competitors last year. Uh, as you yourself would know, one picking last is a is a burden. This would be my third league in a row picking last overall. Um, the double pick can be nice. Came to 
depending on how it The double pick, and I've, I've used it to my advantage, I think, a couple of times later on. But um, at first, the thing I was really hoping for was that Lukaku would fall through the cracks. Um, I thought not being in the game, there'd be a chance that he dropped me. Someone would forget to take their, their Lukaku placeholder. But sadly, uh, Steve Lyons picking in front of me pipped me a couple of times. So I uh, picked Son first overall. Uh, seemed like a solid choice. It's what was available. And I doubled up with Trent. Uh, goal scorer and assist in all-purpose defender and Spurs is, you know, aside from Harry Kane, who was maybe second or third overall best pick. Um, and after those two, it really started to go downhill. Um, Riyad Mahrez, no longer with the squad, looked kneeled on. I thought you were going Terrible. to say he was dead there, no longer with us. <laughs> <laughs> he might as well be. He might as well be. Um, yeah, he'd victim of Pep that looked like he was kneeled on for a role the season i'd say he went probably not as high as the third round in other leagues but he's probably one of the most overdrafted players for performance and bear in mind this was the very end of the third round so i doubled him up with harvey barnes trying to get in on the real lack of midfielders that we have in fan tracks not ashley barnes no um uh no no uh i know the difference and unfortunately ashley was not a midfielder if only everyone in our um, league could say the same thing and Paddy isn't in my league to fleece with Ashley Barnes, you know. Just uh, let, let the listeners um, in on that one. Uh, a trade happened last year where the receiving party thought they were getting Harvey Barnes and, and failed to look at the fact that it was Ashley Barnes. Anyways, let's move on. Who was, played an entirely different position that was an interesting, and couldn't be traded. That was an interesting day in the chat. There were a lot of messages. <laughs> Oh, I think I looked at my phone one t- at one stage and there was over 100 messages in the chat and I thought someone had actually died. <laughs> All in jest, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, so you could see I took, a nice little, I took a nice little run on midfielders. So I suppose the strategy was that midfielders were very much at a premium. Um, even if you look now in the Riverwire, I think we're all fairly sure the forwards are pretty freely available and defenders are always, you know, there's four of them in every team. And having Trent over for example Matip who I also have is maybe you know Trent's an extreme example maybe 8 or 9 assists which is 24 27 points over the course of the season so defenders not really a priority for me um, I just had to pick Trent because it was the only real choice to pick so midfielders once you get past your sort of De Bruyne Fernandez, Bruno Fernandes there's nobody stand out so I just tried to take a bit of a run on people who performed well last year um, as you can maybe see in my current team it hasn't worked out a lot of changes <laughs> um, I, have a, I have a few comments about a lot of team. changes so yeah we're, we're we st- we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get to that let's just yeah. kind of continue on the draft and the thinking yeah so uh, again nice double up pick Thought Raheem Sterling in the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh round end of the seventh I'm round sure was, you mentioned you know, fairly that, solid. that was Harrison and Buendia that you just picked up there I, yeah, oh yeah so I picked Harrison and Buendia so Harrison um Really good performance for Leeds last year, sort of constantly ticking up points. He was never, you know, he never scored two goals or got two assists or three assists in a match. He's a solid when he returned. It was more frequent and less high numbers, which is what you want to be consistent over a draft season. Yeah. You know, in um, in terms of a, a regular season, if you can sort of guess the games they're going to play well in, you can move them in and out. But for uh, you can move, you know, maybe a... a high scoring like an Adama Traore you see an easy fixture but 
Harrison was just sort of consistent and then Buendia. Um, unknown quantity. I thought an unknown quantity was, and I had an absolute stormer in the championship with Norwich and was just okay. He was kind of outperformed by Cantwell the last season. They were in the um, they were in the Premier League. Um, but going to a Villa team that I thought had recruited well, I know they sold Grealish, but I thought Buendia was going to sort of take the mantle as the as the guy the game was going to go through. And when they're signing players like Danny Ings, they still have Watkins, Leon Bailey. I thought he was going to be able to contribute pretty well to the team. Yeah, you can see very nicely. He, he, he might still, he might still. Villa have been very up and down, and he was sort of in and out the first couple of games. So, thought at that stage, now was the time to start try and get value for forwards. Um, because they were so plentiful, I looked for guys that maybe who I thought would be overlooked and just good value in the round they were in. So, like Raheem Sterling in the seventh, it was a risk. All, every other year, if he was going to uh... play fantastic pick yeah yeah you know that's a first second third round pick he kind of went out of favor at the end of last year but he had an absolute stormer of the euros and you thought that he might come back in with a bit of you know with with the performance he's shown for england pep might put a bit of trust in him especially when you knew Foden was out for the season Grealish, or sorry Foden was out at the start of the season Grealish was a new signing and gabriel jesus was terrible um maybe not the case now so much but he really was terrible yeah and then Raul Jimenez, uh, directly after, so on the back-to-back, I thought uh, overlooked. I knew his head fell apart last year, um, and he was pieced back together like Humpty Dumpty. But I was just about to make the he's same He's a 20-goal. Goal. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I beat you to it. Um, there's a, the only reason it's in mind is because there's a guy in work we call Humpty Dumpty because he does look a bit like an angry egg. Um, um. Yeah, well, like yeah, a, um, a, a disappointing pick for the first whatever eight or nine weeks in Raul Jimenez. Yeah, yeah, Raul Jimenez. Uh, yeah, quite disappointing. Like I watched, I actually watched every one of Wolves' first four games, and they played really, really well. Like you know, uh, the the parties of the world will say their XG was phenomenal, but it really, you know, they were creating a lot of chances and they just weren't putting them away. And you can see with that recent run of form they went on that. They, they had, you know, that's kind of them delivering what they've been playing. But I thought, you know, he's if Wolves perform well, he's going to score goals. And I thought Wolves were too good of a side to not perform well. Like, I, I think he's the only out and out finisher in the team. I didn't, you know, Huang was a bit of an unknown quantity at the time. I don't think he was even signed when we drafted, potentially. I think he came in after. But, um, yeah, I thought if, if, if he stays fit and if he comes back to even, you know, half the form he is, he's a 15 to 20 goal a season striker. Um, in a team that really pushed, you know, for seventh, eighth consistently. Uh, unfortunately, he, hadn't, he didn't work out the start of the season, but he's, he's starting to come good, and I've kept faith in him. I picked him and up myself After recently. that, Ricardo, yeah, so uh, went, I suppose at that stage, you know, I've nearly everything picked up except defenders and goalkeepers, and one midfielder spot, but midfielder was looking very, very bare at that stage, so I set a bulk up in the defence while there were players to... You know, potential returning players. So I just went with uh, with Pereira and Wambi, sort of two opposite players. Wambi, sort of in a United team that looked like they'd be solid. Um, you know, signing Varane, uh, De Gea, seemingly finding form again at the Euros. Yeah, it made sense at the time. Then obviously, this Man United team has fallen apart, or maybe it was never what we thought it was. Yeah, was De Gea the keeper at the Euros? I thought it was Unai Simon. Was it Simon? I'm pretty sure because remember that game Spain played where he conceded the own goal. Did he play after that? Yeah. Th- 
Uh, I do remember. I, I remember him he... punching the ball into his own net actually in a in a real yeah. Jordan Pickford of a moment. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm pretty sure he stayed on as keeper. Yeah. Because... So, uh, so strike that after De Gea's absolute no show in the Euros. I thought he'd be out to prove himself and you know step up. And if he didn't, um, Dean Henderson would be there. You know, solid keeper at Sheffield United. Um, you you went for the tactic I went for last season with having both United keepers. It's just yeah. unfortunate that United have been no, a shy no, defence all yeah, season so, so far. Yeah, so just quickly on Pereira, I thought um, he was going to play. I actually expected them to start Castagna at right back. And what they had been doing before is they've been playing Pereira at right mid. So I thought, you know, the chances are there. And the first week, actually, he got a clean sheet and an assist in a 1-0 win against Wolves. And I was like, this this guy is, is good. It's very rare. But the same right old mid, Ricardo Pereira. Very rare. Sorry? Very rare he played right mid, I'd have said. Um, his first, uh, so his first season, he exclusively played right mid. I would, I would say that's back when they played uh, with Danny Simpson still there at the time. But given how well, um, what's his name? James Justin was performing at left back last season. I thought when he came back, he'd take left. Um, Castagna would take right, and Ricardo Pereira would probably push Ayosi Perez out of the team because he's, you know, not that good. Yeah, he's not what they signed him for. He's he's not replicated any of his Newcastle form, um, and even it was patchy at best. And then yeah, it never made sense that signer for me. Thirty million pounds for Ayosi Perez seemed to be mad at the yeah, time. Yeah, especially just to like float him out on the right and. That's that's the side that you know the only play there comes from the wing back, be it Castagna or Pereira. Like the other side, Harvey Barnes mm-hmm. was getting into it a lot last season, whereas on the right there was there was no returns coming. Okay. Um, so uh, so I thought that's why I thought they might push Pereira further up the field, but he's he's a very even when he's playing full back, he's very attacking. And Leicester last year were quite a solid defence. Um, sure you'll agree, really Steve. Good. You know, looking at the the Casper Schmeichels and the. the, the players that should be better than they were and then the next four picks really not a lot to say like I've, I've probably just rambled on quite a bit they're just the pure functions of double up so i took De Gea and henderson because nobody seemed to want to draft the united keepers um because they didn't know who's going to start so like your your allison's ederson's larice uh schmeichel emmy martinez had all gone by now and i just looked at it and saw the value and having the back-to-back it's one of the ones i was hoping would fall to me and I was lucky enough that I managed to pick them both up and I held them both for quite a while. Um, and then, obviously, I expect it even a sh- after a shaky performance to maybe rotate between the two, but it didn't happen. So, eventually dropped Henderson. Um, next one, again, the third, the second Liverpool centre-back spot, uh, Konate Matip Gomez, wasn't in the running. I was fairly sure from pre-season that it was going to be Matip because they essentially lined out a starting back four and a reserve back four in all of the pre-season games. Um, but while I had the opportunity, you know, getting a Liverpool defender kneeled on when Van Dijk was back and they were looking like they were going to be more defensively solid, it seemed like a good option to make sure I got one of them and I could drop the other one eventually if, if I needed to. And last pick, just midfielder, it was very bare at the time. Uh, Joe Willock was actually still at Arsenal when I signed him, and the rumours were that the deal was going to go through. Um, but with the performance he had at Newcastle at the end of last season, I think he scored, was it eight in a row? Uh, yeah, eight, something like eight. Eight, eight. Yeah. eight. eight is ringing out in my head. Yeah, as well, yeah. I, I remember seven, but I was nearly sure he scored again. I think maybe even come off the bench and scored for one of those games. But uh, nearly won the, he just seemed the like, you know, you at the end. 
<laughs> he nearly yeah i picked him up at the end of last year and he was he nearly won the league for me uh i thought i'd repay you know some of that show a bit of faith in him to repay the, the returns he did for me uh, but you see for my current team that didn't last i dropped him pretty quickly because newcastle are terrible they're absolutely um, steve have you yeah, any so changes? comments on the, on the drafted team before we move on to the current one um yeah, I suppose in hindsight it was a risk to take so many players who had either rotation risks or in coming back from injury or even unproven quantities. You know, like you can look at Mares, Barnes, Buendia, Sterling, Raul Jimenez, Ricardo Pereira, all as serious risks. Um, I made use of the double up quite. I was pretty pleased with the double up picks I got uh, that it was able to guarantee having a starter from a good team and take them away from someone else uh, there are a couple of players I sniped from uh, Steve Lyons on the on the, on the switch back so that was nice to see because he, he I think I had about three players I wanted that he took off me I can't remember who they are now but he, he beat me to quite a few um, but picking last you know I maybe don't get the the premium, you know. There's no there's no Salah, but it did give me um, sixth priority in the waiver. And at the time, the rumours were that Cristiano Ronaldo was going to sign for City, and I thought to myself, that's that's forty goals. Um, unfortunately, he signed for United, and it's maybe maybe ten, fifteen, but <laughs> forty. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was that, yeah. It would have been the most no-brainer of a first overall pick if Ronaldo had signed for City. More than Salah, I, th- I think it would have been criminal not to take him. Oh yeah, well I think Ronaldo signed when the season had already started. Yeah, so yeah. There, there so. was no chance to draft him first, but yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah so, uh, Steve, um, you any comments on uh, the drafted side? Um, well, look, he was picking sixth, so you know, the, especially with your first your first pick, he was never going to have the players like Salah or anyone like that. Uh, San wasn't a bad choice at first but I just I don't know when I when I saw Spurs were going through like four fifth sixth choice managers I was just thinking ah oh, this can't really bode well for Spurs even with Son and Kane there um Trent was a good pick because he's basically a midfielder like he just basically plays a midfielder for Liverpool and gets assists and goals um Mares I don't know like Mares doesn't he he should start more often for City than he does like but I just didn't see him getting that much game time but like there there will always be the odd game a season where he goes on and scores a hat-trick and you think oh my god why can't he do this all the time and then Pep doesn't play him for the next five games um, Barnes I think is a good player um, I think he just needs to be a little bit more consistent with his form uh, like that was a brilliant goal he scored against Leeds before the international break so hopefully that'll give him a bit of confidence to kick on again Jack Harrison I thought was a solid midfield pick Um Buendia, a little bit unsure about because he was going into a new setup at Norwich with, or sorry, not Norwich, at, at Villa with a lot of uh, new players as well. That kind of reminded me of uh, Chelsea when Lampard signed all those players and kind of couldn't really make a gel right away. Um, but you know, uh, Gerrard's in there now, so it'll be interesting to see how he tries to use Buendia. Uh, Sterling, yeah, like at that at that stage in the draft, you're gonna take a punt on him. Um, hasn't worked out. Uh, and it looks like he could be on his way out the door. So unlikely to get game time over the likes of Foden and Grealish. But, you know, he he, he did have a very good Euros. Uh, I took Jimenez as well. I don't know if it was in the same round or maybe a, little, maybe a little bit earlier. I can't remember. 
but uh, I, I thought the same. I thought he'd be their main goal threat. I did drop him uh, after about five weeks because I just thought he, he just didn't look like he remembered how to score, but he's proved me wrong. Um, Pereira, yeah, I thought was a solid pick. Just been unfortunate that Leicester's defence has gone to shite. And the same can be said for the next four picks. <laughs> or sorry, the next three picks. Because they're all United uh, defenders and goalkeepers. United have been one of the worst defending teams in the league so far. I think they've only kept one clean sheet so far this season. Er, and then Kanate and Matip. Yeah, Matip is, is probably the main centre-back to partner with Van Dijk purely just because he's been there longer and Kanate has to get a bit more up to speed. Um uh, it was an interesting idea because you know if Matip doesn't play, you have Kanate as your sub, and he comes in for him. Um, Willock, then, yeah, I, I, I never really believed the hype in Willock's form at Newcastle. I didn't think he'd be able to sustain it going into a second season, but at that stage, it's the last pick of the draft, so probably the best out of a bad lot. So, you know, he he, he made the best of what he's had, and I think uh, the fact that he's been able to work work around the team into what it is now. Um, is probably a, a better a uh, better testament to how uh, good an FPL player he is, although it pains me to say it. Yeah, certainly taking Joe Willock in the last pick with the, the, the shortage of midfielders was a, a, definitely a good pick, I think. Um, so I'll move us on quickly. We'll try to get through your current team fairly fast, Connell, because uh, we've, I think we've, we've kind of uh, wandered on a bit on this one. But interest, in, oh, yeah. interestingly, so, not the first time I've seen a, a double city winger uh, kind of tactic fail. I think Steve Lyons saw that happen to him there two or three years ago. But yeah, do runners down yeah. quick there through your current lineup. Yeah, so it's very, very simple. Uh, Dean Henderson wasn't getting any games. Arsenal started to find a bit of form brought in Aaron Ramsdale. Uh, he's done bits for me ever since. So as soon as Ramsdale came in, I put him in and kept him in. Uh, he started quite a few games, got a few clean sheets. Trent is Trent. Uh, Race James, I don't know what Tig was doing dropping him. I know he said he had no players that week, but take the one-week loss and keep a player who's going to be excellent all season. And uh, Stop. The only reason I beat Tig uh, in our matchup is because I had Reese James because he scored 18 points, got two goals against Newcastle. Yeah, I, I, sheet, I so. think since Tig has dropped him, he's got like three goals, two assists, and that's only maybe four games. Um games. Still with Matip, uh, he's looking a bit rotation-prone. Kanate's coming in for a couple of games. Uh, one to keep an eye on, I think, here are Spurs defenders. Um, Pinnock just brought me in. Brentford hit a bit form. I had sort of that uh, defender that was floating around with uh, Kanate. So I, I just brought in Brentford. Seemed to be in good form. And obviously this week lost 2-1 to Norwich, which is a bit mad. is uh, still there. Been very disappointing, but... Uh, yeah, I had to keep him. Smithrow, uh, the league, my league in particular, were very slow picking up on Smithrow. He'd actually had two performances before I picked him up. Uh, as an Arsenal fan, I didn't want to believe that it was real. I thought that we were going to revert and start being shit as per usual. Um, but we, yeah, we play well. Picked up Smithrow, just been solid since I picked him up. Maybe two goals, two assists or something crazy like that. Uh, Bernardo Silva, yeah, couldn't give up the city. Dropped the two city wingers. Saw Bernardo Silva just happened to be getting a run of games after seemingly being transfer bound in summer. Like that's why I didn't draft him with my last pick was because I thought he was actually leaving. Uh, he's he's been excellent since so I picked him up. He's played nearly every game. Uh, he's probably going to get dropped this weekend. I'm saying this, but look, can't complain. Uh, 
he's picked up the role for Kevin De Bruyne a bit like Gundogan did last year. <clears throat> so, like, when Kevin De Bruyne got injured around Christmas, Gundogan just went on an unreal tear of, like, scoring, like, every single game. And it kind of feels like that's what Bernardo Silva's doing now. Because, again, De Bruyne is kind of a bit off the boil. So, like, I think he's at this... If it, I know it's Pep, but, like, he really does feel undroppable right now. Like, he he's their main attacking threat from midfield. Yeah, really. and he, he, even when he was getting dropped. Form as well, which is kind of strange. To... Yeah, it's it's very surprising, I suppose. He's maybe doing a bit more of the unseen work and City and not getting in the box or having the same, you know, long shots that he was. I'm surprised the assists have dropped off, but I think City are playing just much more down the wings this year. Um, Bernardo Silva looks brilliant every time he plays. He's always looked brilliant when he plays for City. He's like Mares, I think. Yeah, the other, the other thing about... The other thing about Kevin is that like he broke his eye socket playing against Chelsea in the Champions League final and then came ru- was rushed back to play for Belgium at the Euros where he got a different injury. So, you know, he hasn't really had much time to recover from true, those true, injuries. True, yeah. so, so it's a shame to see because yeah. so, he's, he's, he's the best it's, it's, when he's it's, going. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very much a shame to see, but in terms of my team, long may it continue. Um, Ronaldo... Had to pick him up. He got signed after the after the season started. Um, I had last I had first wave of priority because I drafted last. Unfortunately, he signed for United and not City. It looked like he was going to be an absolute superstar, but he is definitely being dragged down by what's around him. Like when he gets a chance, he scores. You see it in important games and nearly every game. But he's you know United are United. Uh, kept faith with Jimenez. Um, I, th- I think he's going to get around that 10-12 goal mark and I have obviously had to keep Son. I'd be very hopeful that he's going to have a huge tick-up with Conte. Uh, I, you know, I, I thought he'd be too good to play badly under Nuno. Uh, it turns out it was wrong, but uh, you know, there's there's no option. And then one that's not in this, just a sub, uh, the, I think the best waiver wire pickup I've had is Jarrah Bowen. Um, he's, he's absolutely outstanding. West Ham are brilliant. Yeah, agreed. I picked him up oh, as well. Oh, I think yeah, I, it yeah. was under your recommendation, I think, that I picked him up and he's been absolutely solid. The only thing I regretted was that I didn't start him last week because my matchup against Gary ended up being a bit closer than I wanted yeah, it to he's, be. Yeah, I didn't start him last week either because uh, they were playing Liverpool, but he was excellent. He actually, yeah, he, two assists. Uh, I think he got three bonus points for doing regular fantasy scoring. I'm in another draft league in the regular and he won me my week. Uh, picked up Tierney for... Uh, I'm not sure who for Ricardo Pereira yeah, Ricardo Pereira is terrible and Arsenal hit a bit for him um, I think Tierney gets back in the squad when Tavares is back uh, he's he's Arsenal's best player when he plays usually and I picked up Greenwood just because he kicks the ball really hard I was surprised to see you had dropped two City forwards for two United forwards um, but yeah in fairness <laughs> and City you tend to have like their midfielders scoring for them at the moment like the only decent forward in in Ventrax is Jesus. So uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. The highlight for me is that Connell admitted on on record that he was wrong about something. So I'm just going to clip that just so I have it whenever whenever I need. That can be the the little the little <laughs> snippet that you advertise the podcast with. It, <laughs> yeah, it 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 might be the first and only time. Uh, yeah, Greenwood. I'm not particularly sold on him, especially with. United starting to play Cavani a bit more, Rashford's back fit, but the fourth forward is kind of like the fifth defender spot. There's just, I think it's very much should be a week to week thing if you see some of the particularly good matchup. Um, you know. Yeah, no, fair play, Connell, because Ramsdale's a great pickup as your second keeper. You've all, you've held, you've dropped Canate, and as you've realised, Matip is is more likely to start. Reese James is a great pickup, even if you stole him off someone. 
Uh, Bernardo Silva, I also picked up great pickup. Emmy Smith Rowe at the moment is in great form. Um, and then yeah, maybe even a, a bit like myself, kind of struggling with the forwards. I also have Ronaldo and him, and as a son was in good form, but hasn't done anything now in about three, three, four weeks. So has he been in good form? I mean, oh, sorry, I was saying he was. He he had a couple of returns at the start of the season, like he was getting the odd. Yeah, see, Spurs didn't score that many goals, but he was kind of involved in all of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Jimenez, hopefully Jimenez turns a corner now, depending on how Wolves go, and I think his general performances will improve as he, you know, will take a long time to recover from that injury. So, uh, yeah, well done on that. Uh, And any quick comments on on the current team, Steve? And then we'll take a look at where this leaves Connell in the standings. Uh, no, no real comments. We kind of went through it already, but he's done a good job to to turn around, and you know, like it's never easy to to give up on a player like Mares who you've taken third overall. But I think he's better off for it. And uh, yeah, that's all. I kind of have to add, like good, good, good wavering. Yeah, very much on the ball, Connell. Fair play. So yeah, that that leaves Connell with seven wins and a draw, three losses. Uh, in fourth, uh, he's there on his own. He's one point ahead of Porik, who just has the seven wins, and Paddy is the same with just seven wins. Um, yeah, so myself, Steve, and Meiselbach, the co-host, and Connell are, are, are all beside each other here on 25, 23, and 22 points. Uh, and I'm I'm in second, three points behind Steve Lines. So uh, very tight up there, and a lot of the a lot a lot of the top of the table currently on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, well done, Connell. Have you, how, how, how's your season been? Have you been happy with how it went? Um, generally, yeah. I, uh, I played you, um, you, it was my first loss, I think it was the second week, and I, I got slapped. Um, sort of, gave me, gave me, the start of a sort of, you know, not too desperate waivers, but, um, no, I've been happy enough. All right, thanks, Connell, for that in-depth look at your squad. I think fair to say you've corrected a few mistakes that you've admitted happened during the draft. And yeah, please God, if you did take Steve Lyons down a peg or two, that'd be nice for me, three points behind him. Uh, I think that's uh, been a look at Gunnarsaurus Wrecked, Connell McMullen's team. And it's time to move on to some of the funny stories from the weekend, or the week that was. Welcome to the news corner of the FPL jingle. Not something that we usually do, but uh, a request came in from a listener, Finn Bear, who uh, wanted to hear some more about the alleged assault or attack that occurred between two teammates in the PSG team, uh, the women's team. So we said we'd take a quick look down through that. So I might summarize the main points and then maybe Stephen Connell, you can discuss it a little, maybe, maybe try to... Un- comprehend just how crazy this is so yeah uh, Amanita uh, Diallo was driving her teammate Kira Hamraoui uh, home from training and she took a different route to usual on the way home and apparently was driving quite slow as reported by Kira uh, when a gang of men set upon them Uh, the two of them were dragged from the car Aminata, sorry I pronounced that wrong the first time around, was held down but not really attacked. While Kira was, she ended up having to get stitches on her arms and legs. She was hit with a steel bars, I believe, which is very nasty. And the outcome of this, uh, at least the media is portraying it, is that Aminata 
uh, organized or orchestrated this to remove Kira uh, as a competitor for te- space and teams in the PSG midfield and the French midfield. Uh, Aminata, having gone out on loan last season, may have felt that she was uh, needed to do something to better her chances to get into these sides. Um, now, uh, Aminata has played for PSG since in the Champions League and maybe in the La Ligue or Ligue 1 since, um, which would make me believe that there's not too much truth in it. Like I, I would think if PSG thought that this was actually true, they certainly wouldn't field such a player. But um, I think those are the main points. Uh, absolutely ludicrous event. Uh, what did you think, boys? Well, the, there's actually a bit more to the story on now. It's emerging that Eric Abidal uh, is being questioned with regards to the incident because... Uh, the cell or the the cell phone uh, sim that was uh, registered uh, or in her uh, Diallo's uh, device belonged to Eric Abidal or was registered under his name. So he's been brought in for questioning uh, access to the calls made and received by the French player, as well as Diallo's own statement regarding alleged threats from Abidal's wife in the past, have put the uh, Parisian police on alert. So, uh, according to the French newspaper L'Equipe, Hamraoui herself would have called Eric Abidal directly if his wife was considered capable of such an incident. So, there's, there's, it just kind of keeps going and going for the moment. So, like, we'll have to wait and see what happens with Eric Abidal in terms of questioning. Potentially nothing, but uh, it's certainly a, a, a an odd, a very, very odd scenario. And it kind of reminds you of the, the, I suppose, one of the more famous is, incidents is the Tanya Harding incident back in the 90s where like the day before the figure skating championships in the states her competitor nancy kerrigan uh was attacked and as a result couldn't perform and so tanya got to go to the olympics then as a result of that and then it came out afterwards what obviously what happened but yeah just crazy absolutely mad and and given those details i mean it was never just a random attack, was it? You know, you'd have you'd have thought that there'd have been someone looking for money or something. Um, it, it was clearly orchestrated. So scary enough, like it's. Uh, and I, I, you, you sure hope someone comes to justice over this because it's mental. Yeah, you you think someone has to has to be someone behind it like that? Like for it's it's such a you know two people, both fairly I would say well fairly famous in France, you know very well off both pulled out of a car not robbed one of them was battered while they watched the other one like i don't know it's uh i, I think i think it'll be definitely interesting to see what comes out of that I, I have a feeling that she might not be getting too many more games for psg yeah if um, it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck yeah there's there's it's the interesting little you know maybe they play her because the other team are so intimidated of her um it's you know it's a bold strategy. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Would you would you, would you we, tackle someone if they were break your legs? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's like it's it's like when Hufflepuff thought Harry was uh, was going to petrify them in the Chamber of Secrets. You know they were scared to fly near him. There we go. Yeah, it's it's uh, maybe they maybe they watched Harry Potter and this is where they're getting the tactics from. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, they're, apparently they're friends that they've gone on holidays and. Do you know what I was going to say that they go shopping together, but they, surely that's not reported <laughs> like that. That just shows you how fucking useless I would be at reporting on women's football. <laughs> <laughs> they but go yeah. shopping together. 
Uh, I don't the, know that's where the, that came That's from. the highest form of camaraderie for women on well done. <laughs> really, really. I hear occasionally they escort each other to the toilet. <laughs> for fuck's sake. Uh, you're a real, you're real ca- champion of women's rights, huh? Has uh, one of you a funnier story to, to brighten the mood aside from me being a bigot? <laughs> uh, yeah, so there was a. They came out uh, in the last day or two that Louis Van Gaal uh, injured himself uh, on his bike and so uh, had to supervise Netherlands training <clears throat> uh, from a golf cart. And, like, it's not just a golf cart, it, it's completely, like, sheltered in as well with a little window. For for him to like presumably open like, like the instructions, <laughs> it's hard to describe, but it's just it just looks funny because there's a picture of him staring at Donny van de Beek in the background with the window half open, just like like he's about to murder him. But uh, <laughs> I suppose the the funny part then was kind of later on when he was doing the press conference. He said, physically, I don't feel well, but at least my brain still works. And then a reporter asks him, do you have much pain? He said, yes, that's why I'm sitting in a wheelchair. <laughs> it also should be noted that he was doing the press conference via Zoom because he was unable to attend physically because of how uh, how he was feeling. Uh, the, the face on Virgil van Dijk just says it all. He's trying to hide the smirk from behind, uh, behind his, uh, his his hand, like, but... Uh, just, uh, just typical Louis van Gaal, like, you know, stuff you come to expect from the lad. Yeah, I, I I I would have expected maybe Big Sam to come out with something like that, but yeah, it is a very funny picture. Uh, there was a yellow card for keepy uppies. Have you anything on that, Connell? Um, I th- I think that, that yeah, I mean, outrageous behaviour from um from the player. Obviously, he had no respect for the team, and the ref was well within his rights. It's <laughs> no, but um. The question I have is how many keepy ups warrants a yellow card? You know, is it one, two? You know, at what point does the ref go? All right, no, this is enough. You know, is it like the the, the skit? Three pumps is a flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that one. Um, Great yeah, I mean, sketch. Could you imagine the, the <laughs> imagine the the rule like of there being like four allowed or something, and someone doing three? It yeah, like I mean. Time wasting by keeping the ball in play has never been a yellow card. Um, the, the referee's just, it's gone to his head, you know? Like, I don't know where the yellow card offence comes in. If he just stood still with the ball, would he get anything? Yeah, uh, yeah, it should be It should so. be stated that it was in Brazil, Syria, ah, and as a result of this yellow card, now it means he misses their trip um, on the 17th of November to Cuiaba. So... I don't know. Like, is, is is there a smell of government corruption off this one? <laughs> Maybe not government corruption, but some some sense of like sort of match fixing or something. Because he even wrote in the match, the ref even wrote in the match report. Uh, the reason was he dis- he was acting in a way that shows disrespect for the game, which is just fucking stupid. And um, uh, it, it, it reminds you of the time Neymar. Were you going to say it on? I was literally about to say the same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. When he. When he got booked uh, for what I don't know, showboating or something in the in the French league, and he went absolutely mad. Did a uh, yeah. like. I, I I think the fault is on the players of the other team. Um, I, I think they should all be given yellow cards for allowing this to happen. They're bringing the game into disrespect by not challenging lads standing doing kickups. But let's say you now England beat it was a San Marino ten nil there. And if Kane or, I don't know, Walker or whoever, whoever was there in a bit of space wanted to, they could have done a ball of keepy-uppies. Would have been disgusting to watch, like. I'd have been fair thick. Yeah, but yeah. you would have been fair thick and you would have given him shit over it, but you can't book him 
for that. Like it's not an offense. It's not it's like Yeah. If, if England were going to the playoffs, let's say they hadn't qualified automatically and they beat San Marino ten nil and Harry Kane misses their playoff game because he did a couple of keepy ups in the corner, that's it's ridiculous. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's distasteful. Uh is is it uh is is it punishable? Maybe not. It's yeah, distasteful, like, but so is playing for Man United, and yet, yeah, <laughs> They're well, all it's, it's it's morally it's morally uh, it's morally ambiguous, but legally there's nothing wrong with it. Like I don't, yeah, you can't, you just can't book him. But anyway, look, we we move on. Final final story we might talk about is something that I think might you might have seen as well, Owen, that uh, during a non-league game over in the UK, uh, the lights went out in the stadium, and so one of the players who is also uh, an electrician by trade. Uh, went out during the during the, the blackout and fixed the floodlights so that they they could continue the second half. So Phil Turnbull, who was playing for uh, Dunstan UTS in the FA Trophy Cup uh, against Marine, uh, uh, went over to, to work on the uh, the box, the, the electrical box, to uh, sort out the uh, the lights and get them back working. And uh, he was successful, and they were able to complete the game. So fair 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 folks to him, like. The, fu- the funniest bit about that photo is there's about four pints visible <laughs> whilst he's there doing a bit of work <laughs> yeah, on the box. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's some player. real like uh, builders work going on there. One lad doing the work and the other about four people to supervise them. And, and a photo. Uh, I, I I enjoyed that one. Now so that was certainly a photo that brought a smile to my face. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, sorry. I, go I on, think go the only disappointing thing for him was that after um, after all of this effort. Uh, Marine won on penalties. Yeah, it went two. You should have turned them off again. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine he just runs off the pitch and turns them back off again. Doesn't tell anyone how he did it. <laughs> Turn them off and on between penalties. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a rave. Yeah. All right, That's folks. The, uh, the, the, yeah. uh, thanks for that, guys. Um, yeah, we might we might try do a little bit of a news segment each. I don't know every other week or something if we see some funny stories. Um, but yeah, thanks, and I think we'll move on to the weekend's fixtures. And our last section of the pod is a look ahead at the week uh, that's coming up. I stumbled my way through there. Uh, Connell has a jingle ready for us. <laughs> no, I don't. Not this episode. Oh, can you can you just do one off the top maybe. of your head? Maybe, maybe, maybe for Christmas. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll hold you to that. Um, yeah, I'll, no, I'll run. not in tune. Yeah, got it on record now, on so I have it there. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't want it in tune. Let it only ruin it. Anyway, I'll run down through the fixtures. Leicester host Chelsea. Newcastle have Brentford. Palace travel to Burnley. Uh, Aston Villa versus Brighton. Watford play Man United. Wolves versus West Ham. Norwich face Southampton. And Liverpool host Arsenal. Man City go or host Everton. And Spurs versus Leeds is the final fixture on Sunday, the 21st of November. So the first fixture and the most exciting of the weekend, I think, is Liverpool versus Arsenal. And luckily I have two Arsenal fans to try and convince me that Arsenal are going to get some form of a result here. Discuss. Oh, I was hoping it would be the other way around. Uh, yeah, Arsenal have been in great form recently. They're starting to actually play with the system. You can see them breaking teams down um, with all the optimism in the world I think we're going to get battered um, if Arsenal don't score in the first 30 minutes 
it's it's not going to be a good game for us. Um, Steve, what, what 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 would your thoughts be? Um, well, I think Mane potentially picked up a knock uh, playing for Senegal, and I think Henderson potentially picked up a knock playing for England. So those two might potentially be injury doubts, and they'd be key players. Maybe even Henderson more so because they're United or not United. Liverpool are so light in midfield, but yeah, like. Uh, like our, we we if we don't score within the first half an hour, I'd say it's going to be fairly rough. And the way Liverpool have been going, especially playing at Anfield, you know, you you do like if we lose this game, I'm not going to be disappointed. You just hope it's not like a three nil, four nil battering. I don't think it will be. I think we've been a lot more defensively solid. But like, um, if you have an Arsenal defender or a goalkeeper, I I don't think I have Ramsdale. I don't think I'll be starting him in this game. Uh, no, I don't think so either. I I don't expect a clean sheet either side. Um, I I think Arsenal have looked really you know a lot more promising. Um, the midfield ticks really well without Shaka. Um, I'd just be very worried <laughs> defensively. Who would have thought, huh? Who who would have thought that that player who keeps playing badly was bad? Yeah, it's um, um there are a few things in Arsenal's favour because. Uh, Liverpool certainly did look leggy against West Ham and, and lost 3-2. Obviously, you know, when you concede to set pieces and on goals and shit, it's uh, maybe looking at the results isn't as important. But um, if they were as tired looking and then a lot of them did go away and play on the international break, um, maybe not so much for Arsenal, though I can't think of that off the top of my head. Uh, I think Ramsdale and Smithrow played against San Marino, but you know they may as well have not. They gained energy from that outing. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, it's it, you know Arsenal have turned the corner and they on, they're on the up and up, but Liverpool probably have enough to keep them out. Do, do Arsenal persist with their back four here? Do, 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 do they have yeah, a back absolutely. Three? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't. I don't see them going to a back five. I think they can't change the system that is working. Yeah. And defensively, they've looked very solid. You know, they're keeping clean sheets. They're. I know Ramsdale, Ramsdale is performing exceptionally when he has to, but he doesn't have to do too much. I know he saved our back against Leicester, but against Watford, it was never really under threat. Um, and the the one thing for Arsenal, I will say, is. If they keep it tight, they are excellent at set pieces. They brought in a set piece coach, and it's actually worked wonders. I think Arsenal have scored the second most goals from set pieces this season. Yeah, I think they have. Yeah, I think you're right there. So look, um, in terms of fantasy, there's not too much advice you, we can give people here. Um, I pro- I don't. Yeah, I think Arsenal probably score a goal. So I don't know if you want to start your Liverpool or, or defenders. If you have Trent or Al- Robertson, you're obviously going to start them for their possible returns, attacking wise. Uh, Arsenal, I don't think will keep a clean sheet, um, but you're probably going to start your Aubameyang or Lacazette or Smith Rowe if you have them, and likewise with Liverpool if you have Salah or Firmino or Jota, like you're going to start those boys. Yeah, I think you start maybe one, if you have Aubameyang, you start him from Arsenal and you have a think about your Arsenal mids, and you play your Liverpool wing backs or full backs and forwards to summarise. Thanks, Steve. Um, so Lukaku's been in training for Chelsea as they travel to Leicester. I really think they're going to do a job here. Uh, Leicester are stuttering at best. Um, just trying to pick out the Chelsea players to do well is a struggle. Uh, 
Um, I would be starting my Chelsea defenders here and I'd be, you know, monitoring the situation with the forwards that I'd play. Werner's not back, Lukaku hopefully will be. Uh, I'll be starting Havertz myself. Uh, what do you think, fellas? I So, on this one, I think Leicester um, play well against good teams. Uh, I think Rodgers might see a future for himself at United that he might be auditioning for. Um, I I think they'll score. I wouldn't. I'm I'm going to start Reese James anyway because the returns. Like again, I think this start your wing backs. Um, Chelsea look brilliant. They're top of the table and you know deservedly so. Um, Vardy loves a goal against the top six though. Vardy, yeah, Leicester are nearly set because of Jamie Vardy because of how good he is at, at hounding players and running after balls and getting on the end of any misplaced pass, Leicester are set up to play well against teams that dominate possession. Um, and I think with the form Telemans has been in as well, I, th- I think they're a good side. I wouldn't be surprised to see them get something from the game, but Chelsea are huge favourites, um, especially if Lukaku's back. The one problem That's I one have... Area. Yeah, the one problem I have is going forward, like we saw while Lukaku and Werner were out, that Chelsea were kind of winning games, like 1-0. But like when they played against Burnley, they just weren't able to get a second, and then Burnley eventually equalised and they finished one all. So like a disappointing result for Chelsea, but like uh, like Havertz is, hasn't really done the business. Uh, I know he scored against Burnley, but... You just I don't really feel like there's a set front three there. Like I mean, yeah, probably it probably is when fit, it's probably Werner, Lukaku and and Havertz, but like it just yeah, I don't really know. Like they're defensively sound, I don't doubt that at all. It's just are they gonna score enough goals? Because um, uh, I think Leicester are gonna pose a problem to them. Yeah, the Leicester of old certainly would and has, but uh I I think Leicester's form has gone down the drain. Uh so, uh, being a Chelsea fan, I'm going to root for a Lukaku hat-trick here. Uh, no, Steve has him, so I hope not. <laughs> um, Steve yeah, Lyons, just so, so the listeners know. Steve, 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 Steve Lyons has him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, start Verdi. Uh, maybe consider your Barnes or your Tielemans. Um, Leicester defence, I wouldn't be keen on. And then you're going to have to do a bit of juggling there and figure out which Chelsea forwards are going to play. Um, probably Cal Hudson-Odoi might lose out if Lukaku is back and then you might have a Wurtz and Mount or something behind him um, and start your wingbacks I think for Chelsea the usual story with these big teams that have good enough wingbacks and fullbacks so, so what's the story of, yeah. what, if Mount on what do you think do you think he starts uh, Mount was injured was he I, I'm oh is he last. oh okay um, the thing is I think he should. He's he's tends to be the best player on the pitch when he's out there. Um, if it's Lukaku, Havertz, and Mount, I'd be happy to see that as the the front three, and then you have the option to bring on more attacking players in terms of Ziyech or maybe Cal Hudson Odoi. Um, yeah, I, am I going to bet on him scoring against Leicester? Probably not. I th- I think if you are a person who has missed him out in your fantasy team, you start him. He's always got that, as you're saying, Owen, he's the best player on the pitch when he plays. He's involved in everything. Um, I, I, I think he's Yeah, excellent. it said he had, a, yeah, it said he had an infection, he but he was pictured in, train, in, in training for Chelsea, and he yeah. didn't take power for England. He so. he came on against Burnley. 
as well. Mm. Okay, uh, that's Leicester versus Chelsea. The third match that we're going to look at in detail is Watford, who play host to Man United. Uh, we do like to talk about Man United on this podcast. So, will Man United persist with this three at, ba- three at the back system? Uh, um, I don't think they should. I think, if anything, the recent form has shown that it doesn't work. But the reports are that Jaden Sancho has been tried out a right wing back in training. So they might very well persist with it. Um, if Iran is back fit, he probably starts on the left of the three centre-backs, Maguire in through the, the, as the centre-centre-back, Lindelof as a right centre-back, Shaw as a left wing-back, and then Sancho as a right wing-back. Um, it really, I don't know. Like They, they, they set up as a with a four at the back, and I, I feel like it's... I, a, I think this... Sorry, go ahead, Connor. Sorry. I, I think this, you know, this really is the, the Titans of United versus the Giants of Watford, making them both look normal sized. God damn it, I um, actually did really I actually was like, thinking I wanted to try and slip that in there somewhere. <laughs> but for for United for me, this back three can't, you you can't look at your team and go, Okay, our real problem is that our centre backs are our worst players and the solution is to play more of them. It, it's ridiculous. Yeah, um, when you look at the midfield, you're not exactly given much encouragement either. Fred, McTominay, Matic, and Pogba. Like I don't know. Like, um, yeah, like, yeah. Your issues there. Like uh, now, look, they'll they'll get a win against Watford. I think they have to. Like I think there's just been so much said about them at this stage. They have to get a win. Um, I think they will keep a clean sheet. Uh, just because Watford are are kind of poor. Um. But um, yeah, like if you're start if you have your United assets, like I'll be starting Rashford and uh, Ronaldo. Like you've, you'll start Ronaldo, Connell, and you know you. Yeah. Do you? I suppose the real question is, do you look to pick up a United defender for this game? I would say, yeah, probably. Looking at all the other fixtures going on, if you can afford to, if you can afford your floating fifth defender, yeah, I go for it. I wouldn't. But that's just because I have absolutely no faith in the defensive abilities of Lindelof, Bay, and Harry Maguire. Um, I think Watford can offer a lot of problems for teams. They're very pacey. Um, Josh King knows where the net is. Saar is very fast. Um, Josh King knows where the net is as long did... as he's playing against Everton. Yeah, and they, 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 they were very physical against Arsenal. I think if they get stuck into the likes of your Fernandez's and your Pogba's, if he's on the pitch, um, Sancho, I, Sancho, exactly. You know that's that's a big target if you if you line up Sar against Sancho. If if he is rumored to be playing right wing back, um, I if you're looking at defender, hmm, yeah, I I wouldn't take a United defender, but I, I can see definitely see the reason for doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's a good point, Connell. But I think it's, it's it's one of those cases of a big team versus a small team, and, yeah. and to their own detriment, they're going to win this game, and Ole is going to stay in the job. Oh well, that's uh, that's getting on to a, a bigger conversation. Though. Now, we don't yeah. want to go down that road again. Let's, <laughs> don't mention yeah, the war. Let's, uh, let's let's take the the bypass here. All right, uh, thanks, guys. Uh, that's the week that's coming up. Uh, we'll move on and take a quick look at what we're going to do with our own teams. 
Alright, so guys, I'll walk down through my team first, if you don't mind. Um, I think it pretty much picks itself outside of one or two changes. So, I'm going to start Allison against Arsenal, I think, because Gate, well, Gate is my other keeper. But, um, I, I, the only Liverpool defender I'm going to play, um, I'm confident enough in that one. Ben Chilwell picks himself against Leicester, Cresswell and Ruben Diaz facing Wolves and Everton, respectively, I think is fine. Bernardo Silva against Everton, Gallagher against Burnley, and Kai Havertz against Leicester. Or sound like three good picks. And then Ronaldo versus Watford, Jimenez versus West Ham. Mane, who picked up a rib injury but took part in full training, is facing Arsenal. I'll start him as well. And Son versus Leeds. So that leaves me with two subs to drop in Konate and Gross. I have put in a waiver for Pablo Fornells at West Ham because he... Obviously, West Ham are flying it, and I'd like to get in on that. And I think I'll drop Kanate too much of a rotation risk, and I'm going to get involved in the Spurs' defence. I had spoken about getting an Arsenal guy in, but they face Liverpool, and I fancy getting a bit of that Conte defence. Uh, is there any mistakes you think I'm making there? No. That sounds like an intimidating team to come up against. Um, I think Alisson... Is not a bad pick against Arsenal. Who's your subkeeper? Vincent, oh no, Vincent Guita. Guita. Oh, Palace on Burnley. That's 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 actually a tough choice of goalkeeper. Um, I do think Arsenal are improved, but that's that's probably the only question mark I'd have. Yeah. Um, I think it's a very tough choice. Yeah, though. nothing really to add here. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Question mark at, at on the goalkeeper maybe. Um. Run us down through one of your teams there, yeah, boys. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll fly through mine. So I, I have Casper Schmeichel in goal uh, at the moment, but I'm tempted to try and waver him out for a different goalkeeper. Uh, Reese James will start, Cancelo will start, Robert, Robertson will start, but he's apparently a late fitness test, game time decision. So <clears throat> I'll have uh, maybe Matip for a sub to come in for him if he doesn't start. And Thiago Silva, who I'll think about maybe... Because I don't, you know, he's a nice asset to have for Chelsea, um, but maybe it might be worth dropping for a potential clean sheet. Although I'm playing Mark Classy this week, so can maybe afford to to not do that. Uh, Bowen against Wolves, uh, Smith Rowe against uh, Liverpool, Salah against Arsenal, Rashford against Watford, uh, Ivan Tony will be getting the chop, um, and Jamie Vardy against Chelsea. So you're going to start Salah? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm not Sounds an idiot. Like he needs a trade. Well, actually, don't, don't, no, 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 don't, no, no, no. I'm just going to keep talking so you can't talk. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I don't think I can point out any issues there. I wouldn't double up on the Chelsea defense. Um, yeah, Schmeichel in goals. Yeah, well, yeah. like it's either it's it's either I well it's either I play Thiago Silva or. Um, I double up on Liverpool or Madison or Sancho or, or Sancho get a run out. Neither of whom I'd be confident in doing, but you never know. Are you, you going to drop Sancho? Not yet. If the rumour is that he's going to be getting games at right wing back, I'll hold on to him. See how they go out against Watford. Not where you want one of your midfielders to be playing, though. Um, I know, but look, if he's going to get on the field at all, I'll be happy. Like. <laughs> Just want to see him get a run out. <laughs> Stop. Any chance, Connell, how's your team looking? Uh, yeah, so I will be uh, starting David De Gea uh, over Ramsdale. Just can't play Ramsdale against Liverpool. Uh, Trent, Reese, James, Neil, Don, 
Uh, I will be wavering out Pinnock, uh, probably for Livermento. I think cast start against Norwich. Uh, How is he still available in your league? Yeah, everyone's kind of sleeping on the on the Southampton. Uh, I noticed they're like uh, Emerson Royale is gone in my league, Raguelon is gone in my league, so there's maybe a bit early on the Spurs bandwagon. Um, and I suppose without the bonus points, few podcast listeners. Sorry, few podcast listeners. Yes, these these podcast the listeners uh, that I'm. I had to make sure I had waiver priority over them before mentioning Livermento because yeah, he shouldn't be around for so long. Uh, midfield, Bernardo Silva again, undroppable for my team in the current form, hopefully Pep feels the same uh, Jared Bowen against Wolves, look the man's in great form uh, I still have Buendia I looked through the midfield options there's there's not a lot there, so I think Buendia, it's a toss up between himself and Smith Rowe, tough call to make um, probably think about it closer to the end of the week, and then forwards I have Ronaldo, Jimenez, Son all must starts and in my fourth forward slot, I currently have Greenwood. Might do a little spicy Adam Armstrong pickup. Not sure yet. Uh, it's, it's probably the biggest decision waiting spicy. on me. Spicy. Jesus, Adam Armstrong. Yeah, he, look, I've actually so I've seen, unfortunately, quite a few Southampton games this year. Um, the one thing I love about him, he shoots from everywhere. He's the Southampton Ronaldo. That's that. Yeah. Yeah, Southampton Ronaldo. Uh, he, he, I think he wears number seven as well, actually. But he, uh, yeah, he looks quite good. Um, it's Interestingly, just... we have the same forward line, except instead of uh, Greenwood, I have Mane. So that's Ronaldo, him and his son, and then the the fourth forward. Yeah, I'd, I, I, uh, Greenwood is the big debate of my. If he plays, I'd love to have him. But is he going to play? And I can't, I can't afford to not have my best players playing when I'm playing against the top of the table this week. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Steve, any comments? No, I don't. I I think it's don't really have anything to add there. He's kind of sound logic. I think I can back dropping Greenwood, especially when Man United have changed this two forward system or whatever the hell they're doing. Let's not discuss Man United for another half an hour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The best of luck, lads. So, Connell, you're playing Steve Lines. Yeah. Uh, I am I, playing. I actually have the I actually have the lineups here, so I'll go through it. Yeah. Uh, I'm playing Mark Classy. Uh, Andy is playing uh, Team Auto Draft uh, slash Ray Foley. Uh, Cahill is playing uh, Paddy. Uh, Connor Skeen is playing your cell phone. Uh, John is playing Thomas. Uh, Mitchell is playing Owen Dillon, so he might actually win, even though his team is shite. Uh, Mark Gary is playing Tyg, uh, which, according to the, the the predictor, is going to be a very tight game. Uh, Porrick is playing Gary. And then the big matchup of the the week really is uh, Steve Lyons against Connell. Uh, whoever wins, we lose. <laughs> uh, yeah, draw would be the the preferred result here. Uh, yeah, no, that'll be an exciting fixture. Uh, interestingly, I have the highest predicted points this week. Why is my team the best in the league, guys? It's not. Next question. It's the forwards. Interesting. It's it's a strong forward line. Like I think my forward line's strong, and you've replaced Greenwood with Mane. It's 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 all Mane, baby. Thanks for massaging my ego, Connell. And fuck you, Stephen. <laughs> what did you uh, did you honestly expect an honest answer out of me? No, your team is shite, and it, how you've been getting away with wins so far this season is actually so annoying. Given ah, uh, look, I'm not going to get into it again. I keep... Interestingly, no. on, we've scored the exact same points this season, so I can say your team is pretty nice. Yeah, myself and Connell are just, you know, giving each other help on the side. 
Health was an innuendo. <laughs> uh, and on that, I think I'm going to wrap up the podcast. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so at our Discord, which is mentioned in the podcast description. And we also have a Twitter started up by the good Stephen Meiselbach recently. Yeah. So you can get uh, us ask there. the FPL jingle. Nice one. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, you can also... What else is in the podcast description? There's something else in there, and that's for you to enjoy. Um, yeah, thanks for Stop. listening. <laughs> and uh, until the next time, I'm going to say goodbye, guys. Bye, everyone. Oh, bye, guys. Bye, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Connor. Thanks, Connor. Bye now.